it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 10 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the Indiana Westland men's basketball team. At this moment of the season, the team is struggling, going through a three-game losing streak. Today, we're going to talk with Micah Davis about the way the team paused going on a trip to visit a prison to connect with some inmates. Micah's a guy who has earned the respect of his teammates because of his authenticity and his work ethic. He has dreams of planning a church someday, and his heart for God and others is going to come through as he shares the powerful experience of going into the prison as well as other service opportunities throughout the season. In our second half, Coach T will come on and share the importance of these outreach opportunities and the role they have played in the development of the I Am Third culture. We're joined now by Micah Davis. I want to go back to a day in the midst of our losing streak. We decided to take time away from practice and really get away from the losing streak, and we go and visit a prison to spend some time with inmates. I think this was your third time that you'd been in the prison. Can you take us inside that moment? We're going through security. We're going to go in the prison. The first time you did that as part of this program, what was going through your mind? Yeah, I think uh, first time I went to the prison, it was definitely a different experience. I'd never been to a prison before. Um, and it was a little intimidating for sure. The atmosphere um, was a little intense. I remember walking through the yard and my freshman year I had really long hair. So I remember inmates like whistling at me and uh, just, you know, making jokes about, about my hair length and, you know, all the guys were making fun of that too. So it was really intimidating. It was pretty scary. It was really scrawny my freshman year. So even just like how, how big some of the inmates were, they were physically imposing. Um, so yeah, and then obviously this year was my third year going. So I was a little more comfortable with it, understood kind of the atmosphere. Um, was just ready to get to the gym because walking through the yard is, again, always intimidating. But once you get into the gym, you, you have some really neat guys waiting there for you. That, that walk is always a memorable thing because it feels like you're walking two miles and it <laughs> always is the coldest day of the year. Yeah. But then you get in the gym mm -hmm. and you start connecting over basketball. And basketball is this powerful uniting force. Mm -hmm. What happens in those moments once we start playing with the inmates? Yeah, you know, we walk in as a team and there's always a group of 12 to 15 inmates there waiting for us. And at first, everyone's kind of sizing each other up, just kind of waiting to see who's going to make the first move. And um, I think we've been really blessed over the last couple of years to just have some guys um, who have been willing to just step out and go make that initial connection, which has kind of loosened up everyone. And um, as we start to get into the drills and the games, the inmates really start to, to, to loosen up themselves and start to show more of their personality. And it gets... It gets to be a really cool experience to be able to connect with someone on a level deeper than just what their label is by society. One of the things that I always love watching is as you guys play with the inmates, you don't even know who has more joy in that moment. Both <laughs> sides are laughing. They're playing. There's even been stories of guys who write letters back and forth after these trips for years, mm -hmm. and they follow our program. But then at the end... We get together, we go sit on the, the bleachers, and we have some sharing time. Take us inside what that looks like. Yeah, um, 
So just going back to my first year at the prison, um, we we always sit down at the bleacher on the bleachers at the end of our time there, and um, Coach Chi just asked some of our players to share what our program is about, anything that's going on in their heart, and that first year was really just a learning experience for me. I just kind of got to watch some incredible leaders go up and share their heart, share their vision for the program, what our program was about. And I really just took a back seat that year to just kind of observing and kind of hearing uh, stories being shared. And then last year was kind of a similar feel. Um, felt like I, I might have had something to share, but then at the same time, um, just wasn't really sure. I was a little, still a little unsure of myself. Um, and then this year, it just became very obvious that God had laid something on my heart, that I had a word for, for these inmates, I feel like, over the last three years. Uh, not only has my relationship grown personally with them, but just my relationship with the prison in general. Um, and I just felt like I had a message to share uh, with these inmates. And I just went up there and I just told them, you know, uh, we're a program who believes that uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And we believe that no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, that um, his love is still reachable for you. And that um, a relationship with him is attainable no matter what you've done. And just kind of shared how... Um, my relationship with God has been transformed throughout my life and how all the things that I've done wrong in my life don't separate me from these inmates just because they're in prison and I'm not. And I think that really resonated with a lot of the inmates. I think they really felt an understanding between someone who has never been to prison before. And I, I felt in that moment, although I don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes I also felt empathy for them, and I think that they felt that empathy and knew that I was being sincere in what I was saying, that the love of God can, can reach the preacher's kid and it can reach the inmate, and that there's no, there's no difference between the two, that we're all sinners and we all fall short. It was a powerful moment because the authenticity and the compassion, the empathy, it came through so clearly in what you had to say. Mm -hmm. And really one of the things that always strikes me, when you read about a crime in the paper, you can wonder how someone got to that point. But then when you play basketball with these guys for two hours, that's wiped away. And you hear the stories of these guys and some of the things they experienced growing up and maybe some of the advantages that you or I had because of the families we are in yeah. or the circumstance we are in. And when you put a face to it, it really changes your perspective, and it, it gives you some of that compassion. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this past year, I met a guy named Priest, and uh, he was in my group the whole day. He was the first person I met at the prison uh, this year, and he's probably 22 or 23, played basketball his whole life growing up, seemed like a pretty good player. Um, we had a lot of similarities. We were similar, similar in age. We had similar... Uh, tastes and culture. We both had tattoos. Like just trying to find things that we were that we could relate over. And there were there were quite a few. Um, the only difference was he grew up without a dad. He grew up without a support system. He grew up without a consistent place to call home. He grew up without having food on the table constantly. He just had all of these life factors that just made it so hard to live life. And I, I think I took a lot of things for granted. Um, in our conversation, as we started to talk, I just realized how blessed I really am for the position I had been put in, for the fact that I, I go to this university, for the fact that I'm on this team, uh, just all the little blessings that, you know, we take for granted every day. He, he had never had those opportunities. And as we started to talk, it made me realize 
I could be in this exact same position if I was put in the same circumstances as he was. And, and how much of where I am today is a result of the life that I've grown up in. Um, and it was really humbling just being able to talk with him about that because at the end of the day, we're very similar people. He's just made one big, one big wrong decision, you know, mm -hmm. that, that put him in the place, the position that he was in. And, uh, it made me wonder, you know, what could life have, what could my life have been if, if I had been in, in that situation as well? Could I have ended up where he was? So it's so powerful to hear you say that. And one of my favorite moments is when we do sharing time and some of the inmates get up and share and they share powerful testimonies. And what it always reminds me, the one place where there's level ground is at the cross. Mm -hmm. And we see that with these guys. Some of these guys are passionate about their faith in Christ. I, there was one guy this year that I was talking to who has become a spiritual leader in the prison. And a lot of it was through the discipleship of a, of a man who works at the university, Jack Brady, who's really invested in him. And he was seeking God and really found through Jack's, mentorship, uh, freedom in Christ, even in the, the place he's in. And that's one of the powerful things. The reason we do this is for, for all of us, coaches and players included, to, to realize the blessings we have. So even in the midst of this losing streak, it changes your perspective. But let's zoom out a little bit and just talk about service in general, because it's a big part of what we do in this program. Mm -hmm. What have you seen? Maybe it's the, uh, the trips to the Dominican Republic or else what off the court has happened in the way of service that has really been impactful for your time here? Yeah, uh, you know, we're really blessed and fortunate to be able to take uh, trips all around the world to be able to serve uh, communities. And specifically, I just remember, um, I guess that was what, two summers ago that we went to the Dominican Republic. Um, that was my first time out of the country. I'd never been out of the country before. And um, what a unique opportunity it was to go down there and serve with Go Ministries and um, just the people, the culture, the place, the feel, um, it was all so new. It was all so different. Um, I was definitely outside of my comfort zone. And um, if, I, if I had to be honest, I, I would say that I'm not a, a servant by nature. That's just not my personality. And I think to a certain extent, all of us are like that, right? Like we're all selfish to some extent, but some people are natural servants and I, I'm not. And so that week was really humbling for me because it, it's really hard when all you have to look forward to the next day is getting up and going to dig a hole for four hours, you know, but I think that week transformed me a little bit in recognizing that we weren't just digging a hole. We were providing water for a community who didn't have water. And how often do we take for granted the fact that we can go to the faucet and pour ourselves a glass of clean water and these people didn't have that opportunity. And so for me, that week was just a reality check, recognizing that I don't, I haven't earned anything that I've been given. And, and it's a blessing for to have clean water, to have shoes to put on to walk in, uh, to have a roof over my head that's not leaking, to live in a house that doesn't have dirt floors, and to recognize just the joy and the happiness of the people down there with how little they had. It just kind of woke me up to the fact that I take for granted so much every day, and I need to start living with a an attitude of... Uh, not expectation, but appreciation for, for what I've been given. I love that, Micah. And we've seen that play out. It's been so fun to watch that develop. This podcast is about a group of men who are trading the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. And that's really the point of a lot of these service projects or different events or experiences that we take. Because I think we're all wired that way. We're all wired to pursue our own selfish ends. But when you go in a prison and you make a connection with a guy like Priest or you're digging 
a ditch for four hours, but it's ultimately going to give running water to an entire community. It's a lot harder to be selfish. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of these have really empowered you in leadership to think of the ways that you spoke courageously at the prison, but you've also done that on the team. Mm-hmm. You've also invested in guys. How have these things positioned you in leadership and, and given you the courage to lead spiritually amongst our team? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I just really think about um, the whole idea with leadership is that you have to earn trust. You have to earn equity in order to lead, right? So. So I, I could boss people around and I could tell people what to do, but if I'm not living it out in my own life, then it means nothing, right? And so I've really thought a lot about the authenticity of my leadership mm. and how uh, leadership isn't just saying something in a moment. It's not just taking an action in a moment. It's a lifetime of building up to that moment or to uh, the time where you speak truth into someone or whatever it might be. And so, um, you know, as I just think about my leadership trajectory um, of my career here, I came in and I was probably the last guy that anyone would expect to be a captain of the team or a leader of the team. And um, I think the way that I tried to live my life over the last three years, I earned that credibility. And it wasn't necessarily um, a selfish credibility. It wasn't trying to, to, to boost my own reputation. It just became a matter of wanting to serve other people and wanting to lead other people and recognizing that a gift that God has given me is being able to to lead with truth and to lead when it gets hard. Um, and that was something that I really felt that I could bring to our team this year. And it, it kind of came full circle just in terms of uh, being honored with a position on the leadership team and being able to, to use those gifts to the fullest this year. Um, it was all a culmination of all the work that has been going on the last three years, not just in my life personally, but just on this team. And, and when all of that comes together full circle, it's really powerful how how God can use that to, to not only affect my life, but the, the lives of others. And ultimately, it, it always all points back to Him, which mm. is just an incredible thing. So true. Now, to finish off, Micah, we're at this point in the pursuit in the middle of the season. Uh, but sitting here at the end, you've made a decision for your future. And I think the way you did it was really beautiful. And I'd, I'd love for you to just share what's next for you. Yeah. Um, my fiance and I, Riley, uh, we have decided that upon getting married this summer that we're going to uh, move on to a different university next year called Lincoln Christian University. Um, it's in Lincoln, Illinois. It's about four hours west of here, smack dab in the middle of the state of Illinois. Um, it's a town and a school very similar to, to Indiana Wesleyan and a, a town very similar to Marion. Um, small, rural town but with a lively vibrant community um, and it's midst in a, a really awesome university in its city as well and um, yeah we just kind of sat down and started to pray uh, about what was next not only for our marriage or for our relationship but just for our life in general and um, we weren't sure what we were going to hear we definitely didn't think that we were going to be moving on from Indiana Wesleyan so soon but um, as we started to pray as we started to talk about it it just became apparent that um, God was sending us out elsewhere to to a different place, um, not as a not as a move to move on, but as a move to be able to bring the culture and the attitude of I am third and fearless elsewhere, uh, and to be able to hopefully infuse that into a, a new community and bring um, really just the message of the gospel to to a community that we feel uh, 
could use it at this point in time. We encourage listeners to pray for Micah and his fiance in this transition. We love sending men like you out from the program to live I Am Third lives because we believe every context and culture needs more leaders who live this way. When we come back, Coach Tonegal will join us to share the importance of these outreach opportunities for the team and the role they have played in the development of the I Am Third culture. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back for the second half with Coach Tonegal. Coach, we heard from Micah in the first half about our trip to the prison. What happens over the course of a couple hours in the prison that makes it so special? You know, I remember one time we asked our guys, hey, hey, do you guys want to go find Jesus? And they kind of looked at us perplexed and said, well, of course. You know, where do we go do that? And the thought was maybe we go find him in the church. And, and we raised the question, what if he's actually in the prison, fellas? What, what if that's where he hangs out? And I think that's what we've encountered as we've gone to the prison is we've encountered him. And it's been an experience for me personally of grace. You know, as I walk in there, just overwhelmed of just how God's blessed my entire life. And I'm, I'm not just a result of maybe good decisions that I've thought I've made, but the family he's given me, the people in my life, just very thankful and overwhelmed. It's amazing how walls are broken down. It leads into the, the testimony time at the end. And oftentimes our guys go in thinking they're going to preach this great sermon, but it's often the inmates that are preaching to us. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, Listen, the, the one thing we've learned is God is alive and well in the prison and he's doing a work. And if we can partner in that, that's an awesome thing. You talk about finding Jesus. Another place that I think our program has seen him is in the hole. That's down in the Dominican Republic. Maybe you can elaborate more on the hole, but the entire philosophy behind why we go to the Dominican Republic every couple of years. Yeah, so we're on a uh, rotation where every other year we get to take our guys out of their comfort zones to a place that uh, most of them have never been out of the country to, to almost a third world country. And we get to just serve other people, spend a week together. And one of the places in a hole that we found ourselves, we've, we've gone there many times to dig cisterns and they end up being 15 foot holes that take about a week to dig. And it's usually well over a hundred degrees, but there's something special that happens in that hole as we dig and we dig and the community begins to gather around. Our guys get a big picture of what does it mean to truly serve other people? Yeah, we talk a lot about what it means to play basketball in an I Am Third way, but if we spend an entire day in the hole, which is actually a landfill that people are living in, and we're serving young children their only meal, and we're digging cistern that will create running water, then we go play the professional teams at night, it's pretty hard to be selfish on the court. It's hard to take bad shots and to not look out for your teammates because of what you saw during the day. Yeah, I think you learn um, on a mission trip, we see our team truly gel together, and that this idea that our relationships are going to be centered on partnerships, not competition. 
And that's hard to do when you get 13 competitive guys together. They're, they're competing for minutes, no doubt. They're competing for playing time and spots and shots. But for that week, we eliminate that and say we're not competing with each other. We are partnering with each other for something far bigger than ourselves. I think back to a story, Josh Williams, uh, one of the all-time great personalities and stories in our program. And he was living in Georgia, and he had to get on the airplane before us to get to the Dominican Republic. And he arrived a day before, and he was so far out of his comfort zone. And when we arrived, he was pacing back and forth. He said he almost jumped out of his pants when he saw us because he was so excited. And it, just, it was this moment where he got taken out of his, his comfort zone. And he looked back now and say that week was one of the most defining moments in his life. Why is it so important to push our guys out of the comfort zone in this way? I think we've become um, acclimated to the American life, and we've got it certainly good here in America, and it's easy to forget that. And when you land your feet on the ground in the Dominican and you head to a hole where people live on a landfill, as you alluded to, there's no air conditioning, little things. I miss ice. You know, you're drinking warm water for an entire week. You're eating beans and rice. All of a sudden, your perspective begins to shift, and you're focused not on what you don't have, but maybe what you do have. And I've seen our guys come back and realize, you know what? Maybe my life isn't solely about me. Maybe I've been put on this earth for something bigger and greater than than my own dreams and visions. And, and we really begin to see guys move outside of themselves. We're talking on this entire podcast about the pursuit of three. What is it about these weeks where we find different levels of fulfillment? Well, I think these weeks, along with the I am third philosophy, it really flips the self-focus of our age. I mean, our culture is all about self. It's about self-improvement, self-actualization. But the reality is none of us get better as we focus in on ourselves. But when we begin to turn outward, when we begin to invest in the, the destinies of others, we begin to grow as men. And I think the other thing is we find fulfillment. I think there are a lot of men and a lot of our former players that they go through these periods where they're unhappy, they're unfulfilled. And my response is, if you start investing into others, you're going to find fulfillment a lot quicker than the places you're currently looking. How would you apply this other context? We've been talking about that. And it's, it's true. You just said over the course of 13 years, these service projects, the Dominican uh, going to the prison, but other ones as well have played such an important role in the establishment of an I am third culture. What if you're a professor or a businessman or even a pastor? You know, I think the thing that we've seen is when we create a context that is outside of our guys' comfort zones, that forces them to, to shift their perspective on life, and it's an experience, so we're going we're gonna to spend our resources on experiences rather than things, what we see is them get outside of themselves and grow in new ways that, that we can't even fathom. And there are a million ways to do that. I'm sure most listeners out there can find a prison within an hour drive. Some of them don't have to leave the country, but if you get an opportunity, I would just, man, I would encourage you to, to go. On our website, we've partnered with Go Ministries in the Dominican. They're doing amazing work, and there are a thousand other opportunities for that. But what a thing for an organization to do, to say, we're going to get outside of ourselves, and we're going to begin to build into the destinies of others. One of the powerful things as we think back on this year, in this part of the journey, we're still in a losing streak. And this is kind of where we start to shift our focus off of feeling sorry for ourselves and we go in this prison and and something new comes alive in our guys and it's it's part of this part of the season that really shifted the entire focus of our team and our season and it's exciting to, to think about what happened now that we're on this side of it and we're looking forward to the next episode when, when we go even further inside what God was doing in the lives of our team in our program during this time when it seemed like we were going through adversity. 
on our next episode, we're going to take listeners inside a players-only meeting with Trevor Harrell and hear how the seniors called out greatness in some of their teammates. Players were just very open and honest with each other. And it wasn't out of uh, anger or disappointment. It was out of love. And that's the biggest difference was they knew that these players had potential that wasn't being reached. And for us to be great, you know, we had to bring it every single day. And we felt that some some guys were just um, not bringing it. Um, they were just choosing when they brought it. And that, that was frustrating for a lot of players. And so, you know, a lot of discussions happened in that meeting that were really eye-opening for some players. In the second half, Kyle Mangus and Trevor Waite joined to talk about why Kyle was one of the players the leaders challenged, even though he was playing at a high level. It was pretty eye-opening for me because it just uh, – told me how much you know they cared about me rather than just you know scoring points or something like that they really saw how I could help the team from a different level and that meant a lot you won't want to miss this episode as there are moments discussed the coaches didn't even know about until they heard this interview thanks for listening to this episode of the pursuit if you were challenged to grow from this podcast please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember... If you want to be first, first find a way to be third.